Good morning, Power Place. Live wires. Peace out. Let's hear for our children as they leave. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Pray for the, the kids that are going to camp this week. They're heading to Carlisle. Going to spend a week in uh, God's presence. Pray for Caroline. <laughs> Amen. She's a brave one. Love what she's doing with our kids. Uh, God's really moving back there. One of them got saved last week. Come on. You know, I used to be addicted to the hokey pokey. But then I turned myself around. <laughs> she's not here today. Oh, my goodness. I used her joke and she's not here today. Wow. Okay. So the question is, why does toilet paper need a commercial? I mean, who's not buying this stuff, right? Okay. Welcome back to some of you who have been on vacation. And hello to some of you that are watching online by live stream who are on vacation. Enjoy yourself, come back, and um, it's always good to get away, good to refresh yourself, and just break from tradition. Just do something different and enjoy relaxation. You'll be a better person if you leave. Everyone will thank you when you get back because you'll be a whole lot nicer, right? Look at your neighbor and say, you need a vacation. <laughs> so we're closing our, our summer fruit series today. Uh, talked about my favorite summer fruit last week in the park. What a, what a great day we had in the park. The Lord smiled on us with some incredible weather. And uh, I told you my, my favorite summer fruit is watermelon. And strawberries, I forgot to mention strawberries, They're, you know, come on, strawberries with a little sugar on them, um, strawberry shortcake, Chick-fil-A strawberry milkshake, I don't know, I, have, you, have you been there? If you haven't gotten the strawberry milkshake, it's got chunks in it, good stuff, summer fruit, right? But, but last Sunday in the park, I don't know if you tasted Kelly Kelly's Blueberry Peach Crisp. Yikes. That was some good summer fruit. Thank you, Kelly. Delicious. Um, so we've been in, going through the, uh, the whole fruit of the spirit. I, I love the, the post that Landon put on Facebook. He said... Uh, one pomegranate has the potential of holding more than a thousand seeds. And he said, you have more in you. Don't settle. Rise up to the level God has called you to. And then Elijah challenged us the first week on, on uh, you can't really produce what's not in you. And he shared his little spray bottle with us, right? 
And only what's filled can be spilled. Only what you put in can come out. And when life squeezes you, that which is inside of you does come out. And I don't know about you, but I've been squeezed a few times and looked at what came out. And I'm like, whoa, I don't like that. That was not what I thought was in there. Anybody else? I'm the only one. Okay. It's all good. I'll be transparent in front of you today. But what's inside spills out of us. And so may we fill ourselves with what God wants in us and allow him to fill us with his spirit. Galatians 5, 19 says, When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. It's obvious. And then he lists all these results. The results of following after the desires of your sinful nature. Here's what he says. Here's some of them. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division. I mean, it kind of sounds like our world right now, doesn't it? What a mess we're in. Our world needs Jesus. This nation needs Jesus. And, and may we continue to pray that God's spirit would be poured out in this nation, that revival would, would begin to spark once again in the depths of where we are. Division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. He says this isn't an exhaustive list. There's all kinds of stuff like this. And it's obvious when that kind of stuff's coming out of your life, when, when you find yourself in these kind of positions and you say to yourself, what, what's going on here? You got to realize it's not the fruit of the Holy Spirit in you. It's you following after your sinful nature. It's going after the things that God doesn't want you going after. And he says here, let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Those are pretty strong words. But he says, wake up, folks. If you got the spirit of God in you, there's a different kind of fruit that comes out of you. Amen? And this scripture, it's not exhaustive, but, but it is a barometer. It's a measuring stick. It's a gauge for what, what's going on inside of you. Is your sinful nature in control or is the Holy Spirit? Are you filling your life with things that feed your sinful nature or are you feeding yourself with heavenly food? That which sparks growth in your heavenly nature. Because only what's filled can be spilled. So the challenge is for us as the children of God to fill ourselves with what God is. What's inside of you? A watermelon seed doesn't strive to become a watermelon. It's, it, not, when it's planted, it's just what's inside of it, right? Right? When, when a watermelon seed is planted, it doesn't go, come on, 
Come on, become a watermelon. Please, go on. Work at it, work at it. It doesn't have to work. It's what's inside of it. And as you allow the spirit of the living God to just absolutely control your life, you don't have to work at this next list. It just begins to take place because it's what's inside of you. But there is a struggle because immediately when the Spirit of God comes in, we begin to realize that everything that is not of God has to be cleaned out. Right? And, and people are sometimes surprised and they say, I gave my life to Jesus, asked the Holy Spirit to come in and expected that he would bring me joy and peace, but I've had a terrible time ever since. That's the sign he's come. And he's driving out the money changers in the temple. Okay? That's the sign that, that there's war going on and Jesus Christ wants to be preeminent. God's spirit wants to take control and so he's got to drive everything out. There's a struggle. And there will be a struggle until you get home. Because you're not home yet. Tell your neighbor, you're not home yet. This place isn't your home. Come on. You ever had a car where the wheels were out of alignment? And it's always pulling one way, right? You're just fighting the whole time to get it back, to drive straight, to keep it on the road. But if you let it go, you're off in the ditch, right? Or you're pulling into the other lane. It's a constant struggle, and, and nothing works right when you're out of alignment. And so God is calling us as his children to get in alignment with his spirit, right? To come into alignment. I, I'm, I'm walking my dogs, you know, Sullivan and Murphy. Sullivan's the big yellow chow, blonde. What do you call him, blonde? Blonde. Good to have you back, baby. Um. You're talking really good. Yeah. But Sullivan's our chow and Murphy's the little... Well, he, he, yeah, he's a mix of a Shih Tzu and a Bichon. So it's a Shizhan. 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 And, and uh, so Murphy, well, you know my, my feelings about Murphy. You know him. Uh, any of you can have him if Christy ever leaves me. <laughs> Though she's not getting rid of Murphy. She loves Murphy. Murphy loves her. Through this whole entire ordeal, Murphy hasn't left her side. If she walked two steps, he's walking two steps, looking up and sitting down. He's a gift. He's a gift. He's a gift. <laughs> anyway, uh, Walking the dogs is, is an interesting thing some days because in our neighborhood we have all these bunnies. Well, the bunny, the bunny, the bunny, oh, I love the bunny. Yeah, 
So the bunny is like public enemy number one until this week. Solomon has found toads. And when he gets a hold of a toad, he starts frothing at the mouth and playing with that thing. And he, he just, his whole energy is toward either the bunny or the toad. And he can't focus on anything else. And I wonder, what's your bunny? What's your toad? What, what pulls you in a direction that will take you off course and off the road that you want to be on because it's such a strong pull? And the Apostle Paul says to the Galatian Christians, look, this stuff's obvious. It's, it's very clear. And, and, and there's a pull there because of that, that sinful nature in you and, and you're pulled toward it. But if if you'd realize that that pull is going to eventually mess you up and let you miss out on the good things that God has for you. I pray that God, by his Holy Spirit, that Jesus Christ becomes your bunny. That, that he becomes that, that toad for you. Okay? Not that Jesus is a toad, okay? Don't, don't misquote me here. I'm not saying Jesus is a toad. But I'm saying if that's what is attractive to you, may the Lord Jesus Christ become that for you. May your whole desire and will be to, to take a whiff of Jesus and all of a sudden realize I've got to have him. Like, like David said, my soul longs for you. I'm panting for you. I'm, I'm thirsty for you. And may Jesus Christ become that for each and every one of us. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, Paul goes on and he says, First of all, here's, here's the stuff that's very clear that's from your sinful nature. But, he says, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. And then he gives a list here. Love, joy, and joy. Last week we, we gave out the, uh, the beach balls, right? And how fun is that? So... We have all these beach balls out here. Make sure you get one before you leave so you can have some fun this summer, right? Um, it was a, a witnessing tool this week for us. Love that. Just use, be blessed. There's some, I think there's some beach balls in here, are there? There were, yeah, there are. I see them, yeah. So grab a beach ball on your way out. They have them at the info table. Pick some up. Take them away. Enjoy. Love, here's the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience or long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And then he makes a statement that's very interesting to me. There's no law against these things. I mean, if you're filled with these things, you don't have to worry about breaking any laws. How about that? Nobody's writing laws saying, too much love. Although my kids used to think that. 
when you know we'd hug them and kiss them and pull them in. They're like, too much love, too much love. But uh, yeah, they still do that, don't they? So how do I get these fruit, these fruit in me? John 15, verse 4, Jesus said, remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it, if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Only what's filled can be spilled. Yes, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Turn to your neighbor and say, hello, branch. Yeah. And then he says, those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. You ever had a branch of a tree break off of your house in your yard? What happens to that branch? Does it keep bearing fruit? No, it can't. It can't produce fruit apart from the vine. It's got to be attached to something that's life-giving. And so it's no wonder when we separate ourselves that we begin to die. How do we remain in him? It's just like everything else in life. You, you do intentional things to remain. You talk to him. You read his word. You spend time with him. It's just like your relationship with your husband or wife, with your boyfriend or girlfriend, with your child. How do you keep that relationship going? You talk to them. You hang out. You spend time together. Right? If they write you a letter, you read it. Wow. And you respond. And so that, that's what you do. Just little, little things every day. A little attention every day takes care of a lot of stuff. And if you, if you have a house, just a little bit of attention every day works. If you're in a relationship, just a little bit of attention every day keeps things good. If you have a yard, just a little bit of attention every so often keeps things going well. Every day. That's right. A few strategic, intentional moments daily will keep you on track. Amen. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There's no law against these things. And all of these fruit are from the Spirit of Jesus in us. His life flowing through us as we stay connected to him. Uh, I remember a few few months back, um, a man talking to me about, he used to attend our church for quite some time, for many years actually, and he shared with me that after not attending church for some time, the guys at his work looked at him and said, what's wrong with you? So you used to be really nice when you went to church. He said, but you're not nice anymore. You're back to your old self. Listen, those around you recognize the fruit in your life. They realize when things aren't connected correctly. 
the world takes notice. And when we disconnect ourselves from the vine, it matters. But if the life of Jesus is flowing through you, you can't help but be different. His spirit brings about a whole different kind of fruit. His love being shed abroad in our hearts precedes all these other fruit. Love is the beginning. When we experience his love, when we allow his love to flood us, it brings the rest of this amazing fruit of the spirit in us. When I accept his love in my life, then it produces joy that can't be stripped from me no matter what the circumstances are. It's like that beach ball you're going to take home today. You try to hold it down, but you can't forever because it's eventually going to come to the top. It's eventually going to break through It's eventually, because it's filled up with something. And God's joy fills you and gives you the ability to, to pop back up to the surface and say, yeah, you tried to hold me down for a while, but you ain't going to get the best of me because the joy of the Lord is my strength. Hallelujah. And he fills us with his joy. It's part of the fruit of his spirit in us. Love, joy, peace, a peace that goes beyond your understanding. You can't understand it. In fact, you get to the end of your understanding in a situation and his peace guards you. It keeps you. It surrounds you. It guards your heart and your mind. Those thoughts that would eventually bring you into turmoil are covered with his peace. That's the God we serve. That's what happens when we allow his spirit full reign in our lives. And we're not pushing him aside. We're not saying, nah, yeah, whatever, I'll take this. But now, just give me two cents of God. Two bucks worth. Okay, okay, I'll take two dollars worth. Now he wants the whole deal. He wants to unleash himself in you. And so his love brings a joy which also brings you peace. Because you know who's in control. I mean, when you turn the news on these days, you want to say, Lord, what, what's going on? And I'm reminded as I read his word, he's still on the throne. He's still in control. He's still in charge. He knows exactly what's going on. He's still God. And then he grows me to the next level by taking me through some things that produce patience and long-suffering, which then leads me to be kinder and more good. I tell you, when I go through things and patience begins to grow in me, I find myself being kinder to people. I find myself much better. I don't know about you, but I'm pretty good at judging everybody else. But when I do something stupid, I want mercy, hello, (laughs) when I'm driving, right? And and I'm in Delaware, I want to go, I'm out of state, hello, Pennsylvania, (laughs) out of state driver. Or... Somebody would be talking on their cell phone while they're driving. I'm like, hang up and drive. Are you kidding me? Just get off the phone. Yeah, me too. I feel it. But when I have to make a call, 
This is important. Hello. Okay. Isn't it funny how we want grace and mercy for us, but we want judgment for everybody else? I know you don't, but just that's my issue. But when God works patience in me, when I allow the fruit of his spirit to produce long-suffering, the ability to suffer long, patience, then his kindness and his goodness follow right after. Christ in me, the hope of glory. I shared with you last week that when we have the fruit of, of long-suffering being produced in our lives, that this kindness and goodness flows. And, and the reality is, I'm not very kind or good apart from Jesus in me. I, I, if you knew me before I was saved and gave my heart fully to God, I had anger issues. I did. I was a mess. And then I let Jesus take control. I let his spirit come in. And it's amazing, the transformation. I mean, you wouldn't have recognized me many, many, many years ago because of the, the stuff that was in my life. But I praise God, I don't have to stay like I have been. And neither do you. We can all choose to allow God's spirit to take control in our lives and give him free reign. And when he puts his finger on something, say, okay, God, go ahead. You got me. I surrender. I surrender. Being attached to Jesus changes everything. You start to look like, act like, be like him. So the, the last three, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The last three fruit of the Spirit that we want to talk about today. They can't be fully produced in our life apart from the Spirit of God helping us. He's the one that produces faithfulness, the steadfastness. He's the one that gives you gentleness and self-control. He places it in you. And the question is, will I be faithful no matter what? I don't know about you, but in, in the Life Journal reading this week, I noticed that in Hosea chapter 6, I was reading and verses 1 to 3 jumped out at me. Come, let us return to the Lord. He has torn us to pieces. Now he will heal us. He has injured us. Now he will bandage our wounds. In just a short time, he will restore us so that we may live in his presence. And then he says in verse 3, Oh, that we might know the Lord. Let us press on to know him. He will respond to us as surely as the arrival of dawn or the coming of rains in early spring. And, and as I read that, I, I thought, that's not very nice, Lord. You're tearing us to pieces. You're injuring us. And then the thought crossed my mind, just like a caring doctor would re-break a bone to make sure it sets properly. 
so it could be stronger in the days to come. Or like a caring doctor would cut a cancerous tumor out of your tongue to save your entire body from being taken over and dying. Or as when Elijah was just really young and we were at a campground and he was riding his bike and did a jump and went over the front of the bike and, and cut open his chin. And I took him to the uh, emergency room. And he didn't understand that this needle that was going to deaden the wound was for his good. I don't know if you've ever been there with your kids or yourself, for that matter. You've got this gash, and you're thinking, you're going to really stick a needle in there? Are you kidding me? And try to explain that to a child. He's torn us to pieces. But the point is, he wants to bandage up that wound so it heals properly. The point is, when you discipline your children as a loving father or mother, you realize that this is not fun for the moment, but it will produce lasting fruit. And this is for their good. Because if they head down this pathway and continue in this, this mode of living, they will not function properly in society someday. And so you, you tear them to pieces for the moment, but it's for their healing. You injure them for a second so that they can become whole later. And then the prophet says, oh, that we may know him. And if you know God and you know this good, good heavenly father who loves you beyond measure, wants everything well for you, who has hopes and dreams and plans for your life, he knows something you don't know. He's working on things that you can't see. So he's injuring you, it seems. He's tearing you to pieces in, in certain situations. But if you know him, you know he's working all things together for your good. You know that he cares about you. You know that he has incredible plans for you. And he will respond as surely as the arrival of dawn. You know he's got your best interests in mind. And there is a plan. There is a purpose. And even with every blessing in life, it seems it comes pain and struggle and work. That's why faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control are such a necessary fruit in our lives. I was mowing around our pool this week. And it's really become difficult to mow my backyard now. I was thinking, what a blessing. But really, wow, this has really brought some headache and pain. Right? It's got some angles to it I can't function very well and I've got I'm struggling to and I thought with every blessing comes it, it slices both ways right 
You ever make more money? And you pay more taxes? Right? You get that promotion and you're thinking, yeah, finally I've arrived. But new levels, new devils. Right? Things get better, but they also there's another side. You have a baby. What a blessing. What a lot of work. <laughs> what painful days are coming your way. Right? You get married. What a blessing. What a lot of work. There's good and there's bad with everything. And God brings us blessings and we're thinking, how is that a blessing, Lord? He says, I'm working on you. I'm working in you. Producing something in you that is going to bring incredible fruit in your life. Faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Jenny Allen, you know, there's, there's this there's this struggle inside of us and some of us are facing things in life right now that are trying our patience and they're pushing us to say, it's not worth being faithful. Give up. It's not worth being steadfast, gentle, and controlling yourself. Give up. Throw in the towel. And that's exactly what the enemy wants to lie to you about. It's a lie. He wants to convince you to give up. He wants to convince you that the future's not worth it. He wants to convince you that God's holding out on you. He wants to convince you that there are better things in life because he knows God has an amazing future for you. He wants you to give up and faint. Paul said to the Galatians in chapter 6, let's don't get tired of doing good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Don't give up. Jenny Allen says, The devil is real and nothing ticks him off more than people waking up from the numb stupor he has crafted to keep us harmless. Life on earth is a struggle. We're at war, serious war. And the devil wants to take you out. And here's what I hear God speaking to me in it, she says. You protect yourself with me. You bind truth to the front of you so when darkness comes, you remember me. You remember I'm bigger. You remember I win. You remember I am with you today and forever. Even if you can't see me, I'm there. You put my word, my truth in front of you. Protect yourself with me and my righteousness. And then you run. Let your feet carry you into battle, building my name, sharing my love, telling my story, showing my glory. Go, run, fight. Don't just sit there feeling sorry for yourself. Run and fight. Let your shield be faith. You see, if I am real to you, if you believe and you stand behind the God of the universes, you won't need to be afraid. You may get tired, but you won't forget why this war matters if you don't forget me. You'll fight bravely, like someone who knows she fights for a cause worth dying for. You'll keep fighting if you see me. You have me with you. I am in you. Fight bravely because I'm for you and I am with you. 
And then she says, honestly, we grow up through suffering. And most of us need to grow up. She says, I've learned to quit wishing away the hard stuff because I don't want to miss all the good stuff that goes with it. And as I was reading faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, God just said, there's a guy in the Bible that exhibits all this fruit of the Spirit. He says, Daniel. I mean, Daniel in the lion's den, right? Y'all remember that story? And I don't have time to go through the whole thing, but, but basically Daniel is upright. God has blessed him because he's been faithful. Through it all, Daniel has remained faithful. In, in fact, in Daniel chapter 6, uh, it says in verse 2, the king also chose Daniel and two others as administrators to supervise the high officers, protect the king's interests. And Daniel soon proved himself more capable than all the other administrators. And so the king decided he was going to place him over everybody charge of the entire empire now when God favors you when you allow his spirit to flow through you and the fruit of his spirit is evident in your life not everybody's going to get excited about that because God's hand of favor is on you and you're going to see others will oppose you and they did with Daniel and they, they came up with this great scheme to you know, bring him down. And, and so they went to the king and said, hey, 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 you know, you're the guy, you the man, you, you the one we need to pray to. So write this law. And he did. And then he realized it's all a sham. They're trying to put Dan in the pit. And, but I want you to see something in Daniel chapter 6. Verse uh, 4, they were looking for something to do, but they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn him. He was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. He had the fruit of the Spirit in him. You could count on Daniel. So, king makes this decree. Verse 10, when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual. He did what he had always done. He remained faithful. The, the fruit of faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control was all throughout Daniel's life. And this decree didn't change anything for him. Just as he always had, he prayed three times a day giving thanks to his God. They caught him, turned him into the king. King's like, oh, are you kidding me? I didn't realize what I was doing. This is the dumbest thing I've ever done. And tries to figure out a way to let Daniel escape this, but he can't. So he throws him in the lion's den, seals the, the mouth of the cave, and, and uh, the king fasts all night and just he, he's praying to God. 
very early, verse 19, very early the next morning, the king got up, hurried out to the lion's den. When he got there, he called out in anguish, Daniel, servant of the living God, was your God whom you serve so faithfully able to rescue you from the lions? Daniel answered, Long live the king. My God sent his angels to shut the lion's mouth so they would not hurt me, for I have been found innocent in his sight, and I have not wronged you, your majesty. And if it was me, instead of Daniel in there, I'm not sure I would have been as gentle and had much self-control as he did. But Dan's like, hey, I'm still here. Had a nice soft pillow last night, right? But because of the fruit of the Spirit in Daniel's life, he was rescued, promoted. In fact, the whole kingdom got this decree. I decree that everyone throughout my kingdom should tremble with fear before the God of Daniel. He's the living God. He will endure forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed. His rule will never end. He rescues and saves his people. He performs miraculous signs and wonders in the heavens and on earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. So Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius, the reign of Cyrus the Persian. You see... God wants his fruit flowing through your life for your good and for the good of those around you. When his spirit is producing fruit in you, your family notices. The people you work with notice. Everybody's blessed when you're filled with the spirit of God. So, I'm praying that Jesus, the Holy Spirit, becomes your toad, your bunny, that which you go after with all your might and say that I'm, I'm staying. I'm not letting go. I'm going to remain in Jesus, and he's going to remain in me, and I will produce much fruit because of being connected to the vine. Stand with me, please. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Before we go, take somebody by the hand and let's just pray one for another. Lord, in Jesus' name, bless that one on my right and left. If they don't know you, Jesus, get a hold of their heart right now. Speak to them, draw them by your Holy Spirit. Change them as they surrender to you. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we pray today that you would become our bunny, that you would become that which we run after, that which has our full attention, that when we catch a whiff of you, 
we go after you with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, all our strength. Draw us to you by your spirit. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in our lives. Bless that one on our right and left in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Okay, you can drop hands because I, I want to ask a quick question before we walk. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Just give the person next to you the privacy of this moment. You're here. God's been speaking through his word. And maybe you need Jesus Christ to become everything to you. And he's not right now. There's, there's this war going on inside of you and... and and yet Jesus wants to come in, become the Lord of your life. He wants to set you free from your sin. He wants to start this work of the Holy Spirit. He wants to, to make these good things begin to flow out of your life. And if you want to just surrender yourself to Jesus this morning, I want you just to raise a hand up high because I want to pray with you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, in the back. Anyone else? I want to give, I want to give my life to Jesus today. Yes. Someone else. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you raised your hand or if you haven't yet, but you need to do this, pray this prayer with me out loud. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I give you myself right now. I ask you, Jesus, to be the Lord of my life. Cleanse me. Wash me out completely. Attach me to yourself. And I will choose today to be attached to you. Thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice. Thank you for the blood that you shed so I can live a brand new life starting now. I declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe that God raised you from the dead. And I am saved. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Come on, let's all just raise our hands and begin to praise him today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. His blood washes over me by his power. I have been Surround us with your presence. Fill us with your spirit. Give us everything we need. Let the fruit of your spirit rise to the top in our lives. May this be a year of a bountiful harvest of the fruit of the spirit in us because you are living in us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you gave your life to Jesus today, three things you need to do. First of all, get a Bible. We have some at the door. Our ushers will give the one to you. Just say, hey, I need one of those Bibles. Start reading it. It's God's word to you. It's him writing a, a love letter to you. Read it. 
and, and get involved in a church. Okay, this is a good one. If you don't like it here, though, you say, hey, this, these people are weird. Go find a good one, all right? I think this is a good one. You hear what I'm saying? And tell somebody what God's done in your life. Okay? They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. You overcome the enemy by talking about what God's done in your life. Tell somebody. Have a blessed week. I love you. Go after the bunny. Jesus is the bunny.